It's the beginning of a new decade, depending on who you talk to. And today we're going to talk about what we're looking forward to in 2020 on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 94 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatchard. With me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hello, Brian. And so we're going to talk a little bit about 2020 and some things that we've seen so far. But before we do that, of course, if Mandy and I sound older, it's because we are. Yes. We are recording uh, January the 3rd, and January the 1st is my birthday. And today, January the 3rd, is Mandy's birthday. So happy birthday, Mandy. Happy birthday, Brian. And so uh, we are older and wiser geeks. Right. So Mm -hmm. so, a couple of... uh, Capricorns here. Yes, absolutely. So uh, take that however you want to take it. So (laughs) Now, before we get started proper onto the podcast, we've got to answer that question that everybody's been asking since we uh, took our vacation, which, of course, is, Brian, did you see cats? Oh, that was a question? I didn't... (laughs) I, I didn't know that everyone was asking that question. Uh, well, so, I'm, Brian. Maybe I was too literal. Did you see cats? Surprisingly not. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, and I didn't see it for the, probably the weirdest reason anybody would not go to see a movie. Because I I don't know if you've been keeping track of all the, the, the cats news. Of course, we talked about it the uh, last <laughs> podcast. And what a delightful little train wreck it looked like it was turning into. And nothing, a whole lot has changed except there was a little piece of news that the movie had been released and that some of the effects hadn't been finished all the way. Right. And yep. so they had to send in a new copy of mm-hmm. the film with better effects. Now, when we say the effects were messed up, well, I mean, we're talking about... Um, An entire human hand. More than one. Oh, I but, only I really only knew about Dame Judy Dentist. Right, that her human, human hand. Human hand with her wedding band on it. And, yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, what makes that... Uh, uh, especially creepy for me is there's a short film, and I think it's on YouTube, and if it is, I'll go ahead and put a link to it. If you like creepy stuff, it's called The Cat with Human Hands, and it's a stop-motion film, and it's, oh, as, wow. okay. and it's, it's just as creepy as you would imagine it to be. Is and, it claymation stop-motion well, or puppets? More of puppets. Okay. But uh, hmm. it was called The Cat with Human Hands, and uh, it's a rather disturbing piece of work that I enjoy very much. And, of course, that was the first thing I thought of when I heard about the uh, the hand being put in. And so but uh, there was also things where the dance, uh, the ballet shoes were showing and some of the um, some of the cats uh, that were hovering above the ground because they hadn't set things up, didn't set the height properly. And so they're actually wow. walking above the ground instead of on the ground. Mm-hmm. So there was a bunch of those things. And so. It was like, I want to say that, well, the movie released on the weekend, it was by Tuesday, everything had been corrected. And strangely enough, that was the reason why I decided not to go see Cats, because they were correcting the film. If I'm going to go see a train wreck, I want to see it from the engine to the caboose. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So now my understanding is it's still, there's still plenty to to marvel about this film. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We'll we'll put it uh, kindly. But once they started making corrections, at that point, I'm like, 
no, I wanted to see the whole train wreck and I missed my mm. opportunity because you know. I'm sure it'll be out there somewhere. You know, someone caught it on YouTube, some bootlegs somewhere. Maybe so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting the chance to see that film on the big screen, I, I'm afraid my, my chance had passed. And so I, I decided, well, you know, although my understanding is it's still the existential horror that uh, mm-hmm. you've come to expect from I've this I've really movie. enjoyed all the the Twitters, Twitter reviews, and the real reviews from actual real magazines and real, oh yeah, you know, and um, they they're just as beautifully sarcastic as you would think. And like we had talked about that they were they had put in a storyline in this otherwise episodic epistolary show. I guess would be a good yeah a good you know th- there isn't. In the Andrew Lloyd Webber, there isn't really a through line. There's no, it's describing each cat as T.S. Eliot did. Right. But apparently the story was that kind of, it sounds like whoever performed the best. So this was like cat, American Idol, America's Got Talent, X Factor. Right. Who, whatever cat did the best got to go to cat heaven. So that's the... That's the uh, the story plot. Uh, you know, I haven't seen it. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what that's the rumors. Yeah, I, but, I think that's what I uh, that's mm-hmm. that's what I heard. I, I haven't seen the stage musical, so I don't know if that was actually part of the stage musical or not. Mm-hmm. But I saw some stuff on Twitter. I saw some of uh, some of the um, people talking about their experiences seeing it. And uh, one person in particular who did a series of tweets about things that were happening. <laughs> Where at the end, you kind of felt like a a Vietnam veteran because you'd been through something together. There was a moment where somebody was like, no, no, please. No, don't. Please. (laughs) Someone begged for their life during the movie. (laughs) Uh, I also heard that there was a scene where Ian McKellen's character pushes another cat off of a boat into the water. And somebody from the audience screams, you shall not pass. Uh, so that that happened. The I, Gandalf cat, I guess. <laughs> right, the the Gandalf cat. And so there have been more than one person to speculate that this might become a new Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, so. and like have shadow cats in front of it at, at midnight. Shadow <laughs> cats. <laughs> okay, shadow cat. I, I was waiting for you to say that. I'm mm-hmm. like, and you did not disappoint. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hmm. Although I I wonder. Um, I, I saw this article about James Corden. Uh, who was one of the characters. Of course, he has a late-night talk show, and, mm-hmm. and most of us geeks remember him from Doctor Who, the father of Stormageddon, mm-hmm. Destroyer of Worlds. Yep. But, Alfie. Uh, Alfie. He likes, he likes Alfie, but he prefers Stormageddon. <laughs> exactly. But uh, apparently, uh, and this may have changed since the article, but apparently uh, when the article was written, he had not seen Cats. He had not watched the movie. and He's in it. Mm-hmm. There's something about James Corden and CGI animals he seems to have a problem with because, of course, he was the voice for Peter Rabbit. Oh yeah, and that movie didn't do so well. Yeah, so I didn't see it, but I've, I heard things, and I heard there was a boycott, right, of it, and so because it hated on people with allergies, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, so. you, it was teaching people to weaponize allergies, right? Right. So if you had a friend with a peanut, uh, or if you had a frenemy. Uh, with the peanut allergy, you know, sneak peanuts into their food and you can, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to answer the question, no, I didn't see it. And the main reason I didn't see it is because they had made corrections to it. Like I said, I wanted to see it in its full glory, missed the chance to do that. But what I did go see, of course, was Star Wars 
episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, uh, the close of the Skywalker a trilogy, or not trilogy, a saga. Well, depending so on who you talk to. Really? Okay. Because when I look at Supposedly, it- Supposedly, then. Yeah, I won't- I know you haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. and I'm going to avoid some spoilers, but- uh, I, I just so I just want to talk about this generally, and maybe if you do wind up going to see it, maybe in another episode we'll 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 go a little more spoilery. But we're kind of in the heart of it right now, mm-hmm. so I don't feel like we should cover a whole lot because, especially with this movie, you don't want to know anything going into it for sure. Okay. One thing, definitely. I mean, and it, this is not really going to be a spoiler because they've been saying this in the news. There have been those moments where they've taken pokes at the at the last Jedi in in it. For mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And not everybody liked what Ryan Johnson did. Uh, allow me to to basically take a side road here for just a moment of talking about Star Wars. I'll say this about Ryan Johnson. If he had made a, a movie a hundred times worse than the one that he made, one that absolutely was a disgrace and an insult to the Star Wars franchise, if I had hated that movie a hundred times more than any other person on the planet hated that movie, I still would have forgiven him for that movie after seeing Knives Out. Oh, okay. On my birthday, went to see uh, Ryan Johnson's written, directed Knives Out. And I, it it's was- like Chris Evans and- Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Christopher Plummer, a great, like I said, a great cast of people uh, in the movie. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Mm, fan- okay. And I, I got to tell you, as somebody who's a big fan of the, of the mystery movies of the 70s, the whodunits, they used to make these all the time. Now, of course, you don't see them much anymore. This is definitely a throwback to that type of thing. But it's also got an interesting twist to the, uh, and not just like a plot twist. I would say the way they tell the story, it's a little bit different than your typical murder mystery, which m- makes it that much more interesting. I loved, loved, loved this movie. And any of the geek watchers out there, if you're listening to this and it's still out in the theaters, definitely go see it. If not, Watch it uh, streaming, you know, get a Blu-ray of it. Definitely check it out. It's absolutely fantastic. So my uh, side road trip to, to, to talk about that, but going back to Star Wars, I do feel like the movie is more of an ending of the last three of the trilogy than I know it tried to be an ending of all nine films. It didn't really feel that way to me. There were there was some, I will say some uh, indications you know, some uh, Easter eggs about some of the other the other movies, but they're just really they're just fleeting. I think m- most of what this movie tried to do was end the trilogy and close everything up there. Now, how well they did, you know, that's up for debate, obviously. But for me, it felt more like the end of the trilogy than I would say a big wrap up of all the um, all the movies. Okay, like I said, there were there were hints to the to the other films, but. I feel like they were basically put into the film. I don't think they were necessarily needed for the film. They weren't an integral part of the plot of the film. They were just little moments that you you had for people who remember the you know the uh, you know the, the original trilogy and and had memories of the prequels, whatever those memories might have been. <laughs> but uh, but it was more like I said to me, it felt more like a wrap up of the last three film uh, of the last uh, trilogy, and uh, I enjoyed it. It didn't completely blow me away. This wasn't like the greatest Star Wars film I'd ever seen. I think for that trilogy, it was a it was a good it was a good film. But uh, I mean, obviously, the original trilogy for me is going to be the the gold standard for uh, for Star Wars. And 
to uh, be able to tell a story that powerful again and those that those three movies did it w- would have been a tough definitely tough to do and i don't really think any of the two trilogies after that rose to that level but i mean honestly that's an extremely high bar to have to to jump over for mm-hmm. sure but i certainly did enjoy it i have to say not as much as i enjoyed the Ma- uh, the mandalorian which right I did finally finish the uh, the last of the eight episodes on Disney Plus. Uh, have you seen any of that at all? No. Mm-mm. Oh, just the Baby Yoda memes. Well, you know you can't avoid the Baby Yoda right. memes for sure. But I loved, loved, loved that series. It felt like I said it. It had a wonderful mix of a lot of the stuff that you remember from the original trilogy, but also a lot of like uh, a new way of telling telling that story and it gives you sort of a different look a different view of that universe which i found really really interesting and basically the show itself takes place between the original trilogy you know the rebellion winning and uh of course the uh final trilogy that that period you know as the new order begins to to form and develop and all that but uh Honestly, for me, it allows you to to go a lot more uh, deeply into different factions of that world. For example, at that point, you know, Jedi and the Force, it's pretty much considered a myth. Mm, okay. And so Baby Yoda having these abilities, people are like, what the heck is this? <laughs> you know, It's a witch. It's a witch. <laughs> and again, not wanting to go into any spoilers, but um, the way that they ended the series, that cliff uh i wouldn't necessarily say it's a cliffhanger but they introduced something at the end that it was kind of a deep cut for people who and i'm not going to go into it because obviously i don't want to delve into spoilers but kind of a deep cut for people who are into the mythology if you've just seen the movies it's it's not going to mean that much to you but if you watch the rebels cartoon or you are familiar with that world it's something that you're like holy cow they're they're doing this they're going to bring this mm-hmm. thing out I will say this, if um, if you get to the right, to the end, and uh, you're like, what the heck is this? You'll know what I'm talking about. It's that, that moment. But look it up in, uh, say, Star Wars Wiki or whatever, you'll, you'll get the, you'll get the gist of it. Yeah, the, the fact that they were able to bring so much of Star Wars into it, but also make it fresh and, and, and all, you know, I enjoyed the heck out of it. It's certainly my toss up for my favorite Disney Plus show at the, uh, right now with, I have to admit, you know, the world according to Jeff Goldblum is <laughs> it's tough to beat. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love Jeff Goldblum looking at mundane subjects, you know, with his his take on it, which is like I said, I could I could watch that all day. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I've enjoyed the heck out of that. But I really have enjoyed the Mandalorian. Now, news has come out that uh, they're going to bump up the uh, the release date for WandaVision. So, yeah. So, so we have to wait another year. Are they, I thought they were moving it forward. I thought they were making it sooner. Oh, I thought they said that it was going to be in 2020, but then they moved it to 2021. Is that not? I thought that they moved it ahead because the thing about it is one thing. Here's the thing. And I get it may have been because I've assumed that they moved it sooner. It might have been because of the fact that Marvel has been saying forever and ever, you need WandaVision to understand the uh, the, doc- the new Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to look this up because I got to know. The truth is, if they if they are going to have to delay the release of of it, that's going to be a problem. Oh, I'm looking at uh, IO9, an article from uh, yesterday, which is titled "Marvel's WandaVision is arriving sooner than expected." Oh, okay. So let me see if they mentioned the date here. Okay, 
Oh, by the way, have you did you happen to see the the trailer for the new Fantasy Island movie? Yeah. For some reason, they're looking to they did the same thing with the banana splits, if you remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, WandaVision was planned for a 2021 launch. It'll premiere in 2020. So they were intending to do, uh, to show it in 2021, but they're going to show it now uh, okay. in 2020. So I got those backwards. So, yeah. Okay. So that, that makes sense because mm -hmm. they definitely mentioned that uh, they wanted, um, you know, that you had to watch WandaVision to get, you know, to understand uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So mm -hmm. a delay would have been disastrous for them. But I can see why they might bump it up. You know, to, the Mandalorian did so well. And of course, now it's done. So... Of course, with this streaming service, you want to encourage people to stay on. And The Mandalorian was certainly enough to get... And, of course, uh, season two of The Mandalorian's already been uh, greenlit. Uh, no surprise there. So we'll get more of that. But, uh, but yeah, I guess we'll get WandaVision a little bit sooner. But um, one thing, uh, before, we, uh, before we end today, I'm sure since, uh, since, of course, we already mentioned that we're recording January the 3rd, <laughs> people are going to wonder, are we going to talk about Doctor Who? And I'm going to hold off on the Doctor Who discussion for a couple of reasons. One, you haven't got a chance to see it all yet. Mm -mm. Uh, two, uh, because it is a two-parter. And yeah. I think uh, if you've not seen the first one yet, you don't want any kind of a spoilers. And I'm not going to go into any spoilers for sure. Actually, I want to hold off on talking about it completely until the second parter drops. Mm -hmm. And my plan... Uh, although I do have I do have Apple TV and I'm watching it on Apple TV currently. The thing about Apple TV is you have to wait like a day after it airs on BBC America. Oh, so if it came on Monday, you'd have to. Or I'm sorry, if it came on Sunday, you have to wait till Monday to see it. Okay. Right. And so, uh, but what I'm planning on doing is my local theaters is uh, has a Fathom Events where they're going to be showing. Uh, they're going to show the first part on the big screen. They're going to show the second part oh, awesome. earlier oh. than the uh, than the TV release. Okay, so mm -hmm. it's like two o'clock. So I'll wow. get a, um, so I'll actually get a chance to see part two, and uh, there's going to be a live Q and A with the cast at, also. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. And like I said, I don't want to really go into any details because you don't know much and you do mm -hmm. not want to be spoiled. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen, oh my God, I can't believe that ending. <laughs> and there's a lot of questions right now, a lot of speculation about what what that ending means. And a lot of people, like I said, if you go online, a lot of people are saying, well, maybe this means this, maybe this means this. I will say, and I can, I can say this. This won't make any sense to somebody who's not seen the uh, seen it, so it's not really going to be a spoiler. But my theory on this is that they are dipping into a little bit of, let's just say, Rick and Morty territory in this episode. <laughs> um, I say Rick and Morty and some particular Marvel properties. I'll just say hmm, that. I, okay. There, there's uh, a certain something about that that i think that they're starting to dip into doctor who which they have never done before so they're taking their science fiction to to a different level let's just say that okay and honestly for me to say one syllable more than that would be a spoiler and i do not want to go into spoilers for that for sure but uh yeah there's a big reveal toward the end that people just lost their minds <laughs> and went, how was this even possible? Mm -hmm. And I have some speculation about that. But that, again, that goes into what I what I said before. And uh, we will definitely talk about it next week when we have uh, seen both episodes and we do our review on it. We'll, we will definitely 
mention that. It wasn't a whole lot of trailers uh, that have come out that uh, have been that in, we've been that interested in, except, mm-hmm. of course, we did see Quiet Place Part 2. Mm-hmm. And um, again, that's going to be something that looks like it's going to expand the world because, you know, you have the family basically leaving that the safe house mm-hmm. uh, as it's burning down. You see them finding new people. And you also you have the mother saying that she wants to try to save whoever's left of humanity. And you have this whoever this male character is saying there some parts of humanity aren't worth saving. Yeah, this is it's kind of the classic um, any post-apocalyptic disaster film um, and, and these like these bird box and quiet right. place, you know, kind of films. They've all got those sects of people. I don't know. Uh, right. You know, uh, very much sex. S-E-C-T-S. Yeah, very much like if you've been watching Apple Plus's C. Mm-hmm. Um, which I have, and I've I've been enjoying. It's a it's a different take uh, a, t- a take on a, the apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. It it has that medieval feel about it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of that situation where you have different groups of people that have different philosophies. And uh, yeah, I mean the thing about it is, and anybody's watched The Walking Dead, you mm-hmm. know as well as uh, uh, as anyone uh, that uh, when you're dealt with such a massive. Uh, a destruction of society, the way uh, groups of people will deal with it are, are going to be different. You know, mm-hmm. not everybody is going to deal with this situation in the same way. And so the stand is a good, oh, you know, yes. especially in early days of a, of a disaster. Yeah. Well, you know, and I've always said that apocalyptic stories, zombie apocalyptic stories in particular, they tend to be crucibles for human human behavior. Mm-hmm. It's a, basically a crucible to boil down the nature of humanity and distill it in a way to, to basically uh, in, to look at it. And mm-hmm. I think the main question in any zombie movie, but in also in a lot of these a well-written apocalyptic story is what is the nature of humanity? Specifically, is humanity intrinsically good or intrinsically evil? And I think that's the the main question that a lot of these these stories are looking to tell. And I mean, certainly in The Walking Dead, that's that's been a theme that's run through this. And that that's a subjective thing. I am legend. You know, right. it's it's subjective. You know, he thought he was doing good. It turns out, you know, he's he's their monster. He's right. what humanity has become is now what he's destroying. Right. And that, that of course, is off of the uh, off the movie, the uh, Will Smith film. Because I, I don't think the book actually went... I don't think the book went down that path exactly. Mm-hmm. And to tell the truth, I, if I recall correctly, the ending changed. They changed it to that ending, which makes sense to me. Because okay. my, my understanding was the... Uh, I can't remember what, they, what the original ending was, but it didn't test so well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that ending certainly with that story, I think makes a lot more sense for mm-hmm. sure. So I always thought that he was, it was right before he's getting ready to be executed by the vampires and he's sitting in his cell and he realizes that, you know, I'm, I'm their legend. I'm their, right. I'm their monster. Yeah. That's yeah. what I recall from the books. So. Yeah. That okay. you, when, once you, now you mentioned that, that mm-hmm. I think that might be the case. And so, yeah, the, the movie, uh, the movie did go down go down that same road so which again it's uh you know every uh, every villain is the hero in their own story mm-hmm. and i always found this you know um i always found this weird that people went to see starship troopers 
<laughs> how many people went to see Starship Troopers and didn't realize that the that the uh, humans were the bad guys in the in the movie? Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't realize it, but of course they look like us. They're us, mm-hmm. and so you don't want to think that you're the bad guy. But they're not. You know, the bugs aren't the bad guys. Mm-hmm. They're just basically trying to protect their home from invaders. You yeah. Know? So so later they they finally made the uh, author aside when they finally made Ender's Game. They. <laughs> Kind of made you realize, oh, nope, the bugs weren't the bad guys. It was humans. Yeah. So just let's point that out just mm-hmm. in case you didn't catch it. Because I think even when the books came out that some readers, it, that part of it kind of went over their heads a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I find that I find that interesting because it's very difficult to make yourself the villain, mm-hmm. you know, in the story. And sometimes in good stories, sometimes that happens because being able to deconstruct human behavior and realize not all of it is beneficial or, you know, good or decent, you know, that's, you know, but that's how you But when it's told from the standpoint of the villain, it makes, you know, it's uh, because they're the hero of their own story, it feels like they're the heroes. I always talk about Dexter, you know, Dexter is the villain, but since, you know, he kills bad people, we feel like he's the hero. Right. And then you have to, you you find yourself in a, in a situation where where it's like, Going back to Machiavelli, it's like, you know, does the end justify the means? It's like, yes, Dexter has this, you know, he's a serial killer. But because he only kills other serial killers, is that enough to make him the hero? And especially in the books, but in the TV show also, I mean, that's a question they they constantly try to answer. And it's not an easy question to answer, nor should it be. But yeah, that's definitely, I think the best stories in the telling of them make us ask questions ab- about ourselves that it's that it's not just mere escapism that it is also it's also a way to to look at different things and to think about them in a, in a different way i think that's that's where story becomes powerful because it allows us to step outside of ourselves and look at ourselves from the outside and you know, i think story's been doing that forever and great stories tend to do that for sure yeah, so definitely, um, I think it's, I want to say March when when Quiet Place 2 is going to be out. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that's I, I believe that's what it said in the trailer, so we'll, we'll definitely uh, have that to look forward to. And, uh, of course, you know, 2020, there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff to, to talk about. And I figure uh, for episode 95, we will delve deeply into Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that two-parter. One thing I, I will definitely say, and this was something that I've said on the podcast a lot when we when we talked about the about the last uh, series, that uh, I, I wanted to see the Doctor challenged more than than she was in the last series. And boy, did they overdo what I asked for! Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa got my letter because the Doctor is definitely challenged in this this uh, episode, and there wasn't really a time, any time during this episode where I, th- I thought. Oh, she's fine. She'll she'll be she'll figure something out. I, I from the very beginning, you were like, "Wow, she is in deep on this one," and you're like, "How is she going to get out of this one?" And it just it, it continually started to get worse. You started to realize, "Oh my God, this just gets worse and worse." And it's like until you get the to that cliffhanger at the end, and you're like, "Oh no, now what?" You're like, "I I'm not exactly sure how you get out of this, and and, and at least play fair, but." Uh, yeah, this is definitely something that we're going to have to talk about next week for sure. So, we'll um, we will definitely have that on the schedule for uh, for the next episode. But with that said, we come to the end of episode ninety four of the Geek Watch podcast. 
Thank you for listening and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views for the Geek Watch podcast. From Andy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher, reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch podcast is a Hanging J production.